Is online school causing headaches at home? Are the kids saying, I hate homework. This class is boring. Can't do it. If you vibed with any of that, then we're here to say you're not alone. AI parenting is a judgment-free community moving from screen time to quality time. Our motto is don't sedate, relate to create. And this week, we are diving deep into relating by exploring what motivates kids. We are thrilled to have Spark Education founder, educational strategist, and academic coach Brittany Singh Williams share her experience and insights. Brittany's passion is guiding Caribbean children to academic and life excellence to become future leaders of innovation and economic growth. She served as an advisor to the Minister of State in the Ministry of Education in Jamaica, developing organizational structures and change frameworks to begin transformation in schools. Brittany has worked with children in Thailand, the United States, and Jamaica. She holds a bachelor's degree in elementary education with a minor in special education. And she also holds a master's in global and international education at Drexel University. Today, Spark Education connects children and parents with over 50 tutors and academic coaches that best serve their needs. We are very excited to have Brittany speak to us on motivating kids today. Uh, we're going to talk about three different areas. The first is one, motivating kids today. So what are the main differences between motivating kids today versus in the past? Um, okay. And the second is going to be reframing success. So what does success look like in a distance learning world? And the third is tech that helps. What kind of tech tools are most helpful to motivate kids to stay on track? So to begin, let's start with the first one. So the first question is, what's the difference? What would you say is the main difference between uh, motivating kids like in the past compared to what you're starting to see today as a coach? Okay, so the first thing I want to address is the fact that motivation is something that's actually very complicated. Um, someone's innate motivation is um, influenced by their behaviors, different experiences, life experiences, um, just how we make sense of the world and that's um motivation so motivation is a very personal thing but it's also a very complicated thing and because of that i don't think that motivation motivating a child has changed significantly in terms of the process and the psychological understanding of who a person is and why their behaviors um are impacted by certain other experiences but what has changed is the need for families, caretakers, teachers, everyone to be a little bit more intentional about how we motivate our young people. So it's not the it's not that it's new and motivating a child is not new, but it's the intentionality behind it, the added work that we actually have to put in and the consciousness. We can't just be parenting our children without actually consciously thinking about how do I motivate them along the way and thinking about who they are as a person because that changes as they grow, as they evolve. Um, how you motivate your toddler is going to be very different from how you motivate your adolescent um, teenagers struggling through high school. So it's not a matter of it changing, but it's our mindset and our attitude towards how we engage children if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it, it sounds like, um, based on what you described so far, that it changes because of this context change, 
and and because our our context is is so different i guess what i'm curious about is like so many kids one of the things that we talk about is um the, this change in equity right so especially for some of our uh, lowest income um children this has been really really tough for them mainly because they don't have the same levels of supports at home so have you been recommending any types of supports for them okay so for entities that i have collaborated with working for um we're working with lower income students it's the biggest part is social interaction uh, i think even despite us being in a pandemic how our children do engage with each other, with their friends, whether that is online or whether they have a pod with a small community. That social interaction is critical and what that looks like. How are we actually, even as adults, communicating with them? So that, that, that whole dynamic of communication is very important in how we keep a child motivated because if they're not talking to anyone, if they're not having anyone pouring into their lives or giving them even the experiences to make sense of the world and make sense of everything that's happening to them how else do we expect them to be motivated i mean what will happen is that with the increase in technology uh, or the increased usage um during the pandemic is that they're on youtube they're on TikTok, instagram and that's how they're making sense of the world and now these applications are great but if we don't have the persons or the, the 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 information being processed with them then it makes it a little bit more complicated and this then directly impacts learning and how they choose to learn and how how they become motivated to learn um because they're getting all of this information and how are they actually making sense of that and then in uh, in some cases i've seen it's actually just demotivating them to even go back to school why do i need to go back to school if i can learn from all of these you know, other more engaging um, tools online. Um, so it's about really figuring out um, the, the, the social interaction part of it and how they're being guided by not only their friends, but adults as well. So you mentioned, and I love this, because Brittany, you're mentioning something that is very near and dear to my heart, like this connection, communication, relating, social connection, all of those things, like, is that the gap here? Like, is is the gap that when you are like in a neighborhood that just doesn't have that level of support, you're, what you're lacking isn't always the technology, mm-hmm. but what you're lacking is the connection. And if you mm-hmm. have the connection, then you're much more likely to go through all the steps that are needed because these same students who are struggling are also the same ones who are going on to social media. They're looking for that connection elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because they're not finding it in their schooling. So that they have no choice but to, to go to these online systems. Right. Is that what I, I definitely, uh, one of my biggest things, even in coaching and where I work with families individually, is the communication aspect. How are you actually speaking to your child? Are you speaking to them in a way that builds autonomy? Are you speaking to them in a way that helps them to feel um, confidence in their decision-making processes? I mean... This is why um, mentorship is proven to be one of the most impactful ways to change someone's life Um, because oftentimes in these lower income communities, they don't have their parents or they don't have parents who are learned and getting information. So um, whenever you have a mentor who is 
intentionally communicating with you in a way that guides you and helps you to reset your mindset about learning and about yourself um it is so impactful so which is why even as parents if you can speak in a mentoring type of way to your child especially teenagers the impact can be so great so communication to me is the cornerstone of motivation so what do you mean as like a difference between you mentioned mentoring and mm-hmm. so i wanted to to cover that so you what's the difference between mentoring and say the communication and relating that we were talking about earlier is there a different like is there a instructional component to it like what do you mean by mentoring um i i so whenever you have a mentor or a coach those conversations are usually rounded are are grounded in an understanding of that you're you're motivating them to do something that's really what it is the essence of it so um what i really mean is using that general framework for understanding that i am pouring into your life to guide you to do something to guide you to motivate something it's 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 more of a posture i believe that parents should take on uh a posture or a mindset of how you try to pour into the lives of your children. So it's not necessarily oh the parent is a mentor or a coach, but the underlying essence of it is how we communicate. I hope that's okay. clear. So it's like from the <laughs> like the mentoring is like um communication from the perspective of life coach, for example, mm-hmm. or somebody mm-hmm. who's trying to to help you in in some way. Oh that's really cool. I love that perspective. Yeah. Because <laughs> that that gives us some idea of, okay, so in what way would you speak to them? And sometimes it's not as the disciplinarian, uh, but it's more just like, okay, if I'm if I'm trying to help you reach your goal, um, I'm in essence serving as a life coach for you. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess now when it comes to that first step of like talking about the differences between those those two environments. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, what what practices then? Like, okay, can you can you take the theoretical of what you've described and like describe some some stuff in practice? Like, what have you tried that has actually worked with uh, some of the some of the the clients that you're mentoring, or like mm-hmm. maybe as parents, like tips and and stuff that you've given to coaches that has been really helpful for them? Okay, so um, for example, let's say you have a teenage son who is um, very demotivated, not trying to get his schoolwork done. And let's say you're a mom, a single mom, and there's always a lot of tension whenever you try to say, go to your homework, um, stop being on the Xbox for all of this time. I really need for you to do your chores and things like that. I have found that boys, especially black boys, um, tend to want their tend to interact with other men side by side or sitting on a stoop for example and having a conversation is so much more impactful than their mom standing in front of them nagging at them and saying do this do that so what i've done is even ask the moms to take a different approach of let's sit on the bed together side by side because men 
tend to feel um, a, a bit of resilience or um, they don't like when women are face to face to them like that. Um, so whenever you're beside them and holding what we say in Jamaica is you're holding a reason, um, you're reasoning out life with them. Um, that tends to be more impactful to get the young guy to be like, okay, mom, I understand what you're saying. Let me go do this. It's more of a conversational approach than a, I need you to do this right now. You know, so uh, that's just even one example of how how we communicate with boys specifically um, to get more out of them. Or, you know, you tend to say, um, go and uh, clean your room. Have you ever shown your child what a clean room means? Or are you assuming that they're going to just know what you mean by when you say go clean your room? You know, so when you speak to girls, more than likely they're going to, you know, clean the room but boys you actually have to say i need the clothes in the hamper and the bed made you know you need to be more specific it's just like for teachers when we're um we say okay i want you to um design a flower boys are just gonna draw that flower they're not gonna color it and you know do a whole fantastic design or they're less likely to whereas girls are going to do the whole all the colors of the rainbow and it's gonna be glorious and beautiful like we actually have to be very there's a huge huge difference between boys and girls and you're highlighting so many important things here so you're right. saying that basically they, they just don't like being spoken to and they, they really prefer to be like, like with. side by side having a conversation yeah. But what would what are those conversations? What do they look like? Like, what does a conversation with the the boys look like? What do well, they want to be talking about then? Well, is it like the games that they're interested in, or is there something specific? Well, it depends on who your child is, and I think that more parents need to focus on getting to know who their child is. What is it that they like to do? What is it that they like to spend their time with? My first session every single time with a, a family is what do you want to do and how do you prefer to spend your time i never ask the parents how i want what i want them to be doing their kids what they i want the kids to be doing i ask the kids if what do you want your day to look like after school let's say you have to log off at two o'clock what now what does that look like from two to eight p.m and they design their schedule and i find that when they do this they're more likely to buy into okay i'm gonna set specific hours during the week to get my studying done and it, it it's like night and day instead of saying i need you to study every day at four o'clock no let them choose let them decide especially for your middle schoolers and high schoolers give them that autonomy to start creating um agency for themselves um instead of being very aggressive and saying i need this to fit into my time take a step back and think about well what do you want and how do you want your day to look human you're developing into a person and i think we have to really speak and engage our children um as little people um, who have a decision to make and can make a decision oftentimes we at least in the caribbean we come from a culture of you need to listen to me versus let's make a family decision together and that conversation is very different and you can it, it's a lot more impactful so while it is that there's still some structures a parent needs to put into place like you know we're gonna have chicken and rice for dinner okay how do you would you like to help me prepare it in the kitchen so even my three-year-old he is an active part of helping to prepare dinner even if he's learning just you know Aww. That's using awesome. a plastic knife yeah and i find that yeah. that makes me want to eat the meal more before you know he's super picky but if he makes it 
he will eat it. You know what I mean? So um, agency is a huge deal in motivation. Oh, that's huge. Like I have a picky eater as well. So you're saying like basically. So in addition to motivating, it sounds like um, one of the, the big challenges is we, we have all this definition like of success, even uh, for us as parents, like we start yeah. off going, oh, my child should be performing so much better in school, perhaps than we think that they I don't I don't know what the baseline <laughs> is. But really, when it comes to this, it's like, how do we reframe what success is, especially now during like when the midst of a pandemic, you know, people are still locked down. Like, what does success look like? We have no idea. We, we don't even see other other students. What would you su so, suggest? This one is a, a huge topic um, for me. And I can share a little personal um, story. Even since the pandemic, I've had to reframe what does success in my business look like right now? Um, what does it really mean to me? And even as adults, for me, I spiraled into such a deep depression, feeling like I had to live up to what I thought the idea of success of my business looked like. Instead of saying, wow, I've impacted five families lives this month i was thinking oh i don't have this amount in my bank account and that's what success was so i've even had to reframe is success a financial thing for me or is it an impact thing or is it both and really defining what that means and i think as parents we have to be very conscious of what our own personal success story success definition means because it's very easy to impose that on others and or children. Now, <laughs> a that lot is, of- That is, okay, uh, if I can interrupt, like that is super <laughs> powerful. Um, yeah. Because for, for us, like we all think that we should be doing more. We should be achieving yeah. more. And I think that for us saying that, you know, really asking, Kind of what we did before like the why are we doing this and like are we really trying to achieve this like is that let's say we yeah. had that you know are we going to be that much happier because of it um are we gonna like what was the point of all all of this stuff that i'm doing was it so that my kid could get the best grades could it was it so mm -hmm. i can get a lot of money um or maybe it was something that is is even more more important more valuable to me it's like mm -hmm. i just want to build that relationship with a few people um I remember speaking, um, I, like I, some of the things I say to people is often if you want to to have a lot of knowledge, you, you like school is a great place for knowledge. But if you want to have wisdom, like attend funerals and see what people say about the person who, who passed. They, yeah. They're often not talking about how much money they earned. They're not talking right. about how much work that they did. But they're, they're saying that one or two things, that one moment where you made them feel that they were capable of doing something that they never thought they were capable. Like it, people don't talk about like what you did. They talked about how you made them feel. Yeah, all and it the seems time. like such a weird thing, but they, they care about the, how you make them feel. Right. That's the thing that lasts a long time, like that lasts longer than your lifetime. So if you're interested in investing in things that are beyond your lifetime, then look at like, how do you make people feel that seems to be like much more in tune with what they are looking for. Brittany, for sure. um, like your, your perspective on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
I mean, I'm in total agreement with that analogy. And it's just so important that we are in touch with that mindset in ourselves um, as parents um, because it directly impacts our students. So I have spoken to so many parents that say, well, not all great um, straight A's, so why aren't they, you know? So even that kind of language we have to be very conscious of because you're not really taking the time to check yourself. Like my experience and my my mental mindset at that age could have been very different. We also had very different distractions compared to our children. So I think that being very clear, so even for my school that I started, during um, an interview session, every parent is interviewed and I ask them, who do you want your child to be? When you think of Tom in 25 years, who is that man or woman? And what are they contributing to the world? And, and when you think of the type of person they are, if you were writing their eulogy, as you point out, you know, what is it that you want to say about this child? So we start from there in our interview and say, okay, well, these are the things that need to happen in their overall life experiences for us to get there. It's not about the A's and the B's and which high school they end up going to, or in, in the US or, the, or in Canada, it's probably about which university they get into um, that defines their identity and who they'll become. But what are life experiences that you as a family are willing to provide for this child? As well as at school, do they do you want them to be at a school that challenges them and inquire, you know, causes them to think beyond just what's in a textbook, but really ask difficult questions about, you know, how can I solve this problem? Is that the child you want? So these are very real conversations that help to define success um, and who who you want to see reflected in your generations to come. You know what I mean? These are very deep reflections that I ask families to really take some time, even if you're going to go on a little family retreat and really give it some thought. It's not something that you want to define just on a whim, you know, like for me. hundred percent. I mean, yeah. these are deep, deep like questions, but I also feel like there are questions that are not asked enough. Like if anything, people need to be asking these questions more often to go, what do they want their eulogy to look like? And maybe even their child's eulogy to look yeah. like. I think those are good questions to go like maybe it didn't matter that much that they were right. even successful that's successful at school and mm -hmm. these particular academics were not the thing that really changed them because you think about like all of the stuff that you learn in school and you're like oh but how much of it do you really use and let's think about like now how quickly things are changing in the world of work how much is that going to matter right yeah. that they they've yeah. really aced all those tests it's like you know what the, like what they taught you for could be a world that no longer exists by the time they graduate. Like so many people are moving to different types of work now. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree I, with you. I'm not going to say it's easy. Yeah. It's um, but even for me with a three-year-old, I have a little pot at home with um, a few kids and, you know, even though before when I was pregnant, my husband and I decided we were going to go on a retreat and we were going to write out who do we want our son to be. We did this whole thing right so we we created what our family values are going to be having a child and which is why i even started saying to you it's it's more motivation now for a child is about the intentionality of it as parents we have to be intentional right so we decided you know we want to raise our son to you know ask questions and be um an inquirer and problem solve so even in our language we've had to retrain ourselves to speak a different way at home to get that kind of result so it's very easy for me to say 
when I look at him in his pods, be like, wow, he doesn't know his alphabet like everybody else yet. However, my son knows how to ask, mommy, why is this happening? Can you explain it to me? And he's three. So I have to celebrate that instead of focusing on what everybody else is doing. And it's it's not easy. Even as an educator, I find myself still saying, oh my gosh, honey, he, he doesn't know his numbers yet. And I'm freaking out because, you know, it's just so easy to fall back into that. So because we met up and we decided these were the values we were going to do, my husband is quick to say, that's not the right language to get that out of him. Or let's not say you're naughty, but that behavior that you did really made mommy feel angry. Can we change that behavior? So it's just a constant, like, once you know what your intention is of who you want that child to become, you always have to be checking yourself because you're, you still have your experiences of success on you that you are putting on them, but you also have to be conscious of, wow, I, this, this is not what I really wanted for them. So you always have to be doing that self-correction um, and also putting in the forefront, what am I trying to achieve here? Instead of getting distracted. That was a lot I feel like I threw out. <laughs> There's something huge there, though. I think like this, um, we got to celebrate our, our child's unique successes and they're not going to be the same as everyone else's and rather than them like you're trying to see how they perform against some standard that has been developed yeah. which is kind of assuming the average child or something and it's like that's not going to be your child like you're yeah. not your child is not average yeah. uh, they are extraordinary in some areas and it's important to recognize those even yeah. for my my own son who has adhd um, he's going to be behind in some areas, could be reading, could be writing, um, and that's okay. I know it's, it's okay. going to be okay because I went through a lot of those things myself as a child. Um, and it was being able to leverage that unique skill, that unique talent, um, be it like creativity or be mm -hmm. it like your like the curiosity, as you had mentioned, mm -hmm. um, and being able to, that can turn into a career right there. Exactly, exactly. Onto the table with that yeah. skill alone. And so if our definition of success is how they perform against a common a standard. standard for mm -hmm. everyone we are always going to be disappointed exactly in what's happening versus if we are always going and focusing on what they do well mm -hmm. and thinking about what would be the next step for them a different roadmap like we create a roadmap that is success for them mm -hmm. versus a roadmap that is success for every student Exactly. Then we have a much better chance of, it uh, sounds like, of reframing uh, what success means. And is, that what, said, is that what you're getting at? That's in terms exactly of what I'm getting training? at. <laughs> Thank you. That's exactly what I'm getting at. It's, you know, it's it goes to my final, one of my biggest things is, other than communication, autonomy, and competence, is relatability. Like, how are we relating to our children, understanding who they are, and creating an environment for them to thrive? I mean... I remember I heard a parent say to me, I turned out fine. They can go to a regular traditional school that doesn't really challenge them in any way because I'm fine, they're fine. And to me, that spoke to volumes to me about one, that parent is not spending time reflecting on the world that their child is growing up in. Um, they also don't want to think beyond who their child can become. Like we are, we can't play God. <laughs> we, we don't know what's going to happen to these kids in. We don't even know what's going to happen to our lives next week. So we have to equip them with the skills to be able to thrive no matter what comes at them. No matter, you know, it's about being resilient. It's about being able to ask the right questions and solve real problems. I mean, here in the Caribbean, 
we are at great risk of you know flooding especially with climate change are we having these conversations with our children about what's going to happen if this happens and how can we solve this and work together to to advocate as young people and know that we have power in our voice and in our actions like this is the kind of child i want to raise you know so um being very conscious of that um will guide your decisions about what school your child goes to um what kind of after school activities you take them to what kind of conversations you have at home you know it, it you have to be very conscious i think as parents we have to just ramp up or reflection ramp up how we see the world and and how we want our children to interpret these things and have very real conversations this expectation of oh they can just go on tiktok and they're going to learn they're going to learn a whole load of things that you you weren't even ready to have a conversation about so you need to even start building those relationships at home so that you can have real conversations with your kids and and that's big that the whole parent child open communication is very big for or modern child uh, i love this because this is uh, something that we talk a lot about when it comes to like we say like don't sedate relate to create and so this having those conversations ultimately leads to creation and i've often connected like uh, creation with disruption because when you get like a single person involved or maybe a small like your family members and then maybe your your community um and then eventually you can you can get to like your your city or the mm. place that you live even to a nation you start creating these movements uh, and that's like really the the core essence of creativity is it, it is a disruption of the status quo and you would be very yeah. proud of your child if they were doing those kind of things saying like no we can't do things the way that we've done so far we're gonna have all these problems with climate change and i don't want to yeah. live in this future where we've got all these problems i think that that's a powerful like a powerful powerful statement and so uh it, it's building that critical thinking mm -hmm. just in just look at your world <laughs> like just having yeah. those conversations with them treating right. them like an adult yeah in the beginning with and just to say like well what would you like to see Exactly. Um, let's have those conversations. So, yeah. hmm. so does that mean like some of our conversations that we had before are like one of the ways that we we reframe success is to yes we need to tailor it like we need to like mm -hmm. motivate them by tailoring it. But it sounds like we also need to reframe success by looking at their own unique roadmap, but also looking at well asking the question of the roadmap of where you want them to go. Like you you talked about like the, mm -hmm. the citizen. The, mm -hmm. the kind of person, the, the eulogy that you yeah. might write for them. Um, that I thought was very, that was very powerful, uh, Brittany. So am I summarizing this correctly? Am, am I on the yeah, right track? You're, you're a student. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked a I, lot of questions. They're curious. Yeah. <laughs> just like your son. Yeah, I think that, um, yeah. And, and, you know, it's really easy to, to kill a child's creativity sir ken robinson spoke about this a lot like even with them being very you know being a curious mind and challenging things or breaking it down it's very easy especially for like type a personality parents like, like stop doing that like put it back or you know really, if you let go a little bit you'll start to see who your child really is how is their mind working and you you know it, it, it might feel a little painful to you but I think as parents, we have to get comfortable with just being stretched. We are being stretched every day. 
and um, we just have to be conscious about like trying to navigate who our kids are so that we can be their very best advocates creating that roadmap for them and and that roadmap is going to be changing all the time because they're living breathing creatures who are evolving so don't get stuck on oh i want them to be a world changer yeah but that that also has to be in alignment with their personality and who they are because a world changer may need to be a very you know confident barack obama type of person and your child may be the kind of person that just kind of wants to sit in their room and read comics how are we going to make that work that could mean like can we look at how are you going to write anonymous papers or anonymous editorials for the newspaper and have a voice you know it can look like so many different ways so let's get comfortable with being uncomfortable with who our kids are i love that yeah like we need to get um, that level of comfort with being stretched every day, but also being uncomfortable, because that's what it is. Like, especially when they're they're being creative, they're, um, what have I heard? I've heard the phrase, embrace the chaos, you know, because yeah. it's going to be chaos uh, when they yeah. start getting creative. And so, yeah, the, these, are, these are all things that are, are very important. There's one other thing I wanted to explore as well, uh, which is tech. So normally we think of like tech screens, those types of things as a a major distraction you know it's mm -hmm. probably like the reason why we some some parents are are quite, mm, they're not happy with the amount of screen time that maybe their kids are spending these days uh, but is there tech is there like technology that that we use as tools that are helpful to help us build this kind of connection reframe our success and lead us towards a path where they're st going to start thriving they're going to start having like this roadmap plan where they're gonna start improving yeah so i think that um with technology even from a young age we have to introduce that technology is not just for games or youtube videos um it's a perfect way to be productive um having real conversations about productivity and technology at a young age is really um helpful so even for me with my three-year-old I've recently discovered this um, application called Boom Cards. So he, yeah, he watches his YouTube videos. He loves a blippy, but he also has time where he has to use the same iPad to do, you know, matching activities and, and work, you know, same thing he'd be doing in class, but like tracing or, or identifying shapes and things like that. And, you know, gamification. So he's learning now at three years old that, wow the ipad or the teeth the tv can also be used for doing something or achieving a goal right so we're having a con uh, not a conversation but we're actively modeling um how to use technology just beyond youtube right which most toddlers that's what's happening and then now as they get older how do we start using tech in class without it being all about games so i think the younger that we we start integrating technology into the classroom, um, the easier it will be as the kids grow to, to self-regulate and manage how they use technology. So I found that, I find in Jamaica, for example, in our schools, they have, they don't use an iPad um, ongoing during class or one-to-one -one tech. They literally have it scheduled into the timetable that this is tech time. And this is, the, this is when they probably learn how to do typing. Um, and that's really the, the, the usage is very limited until maybe high school. And I found that for, young, for the schools that use it on a more 
um, for everything, you know, let's record a project or let's create the, the, the music that's going to go towards the video that you're playing in class or using it for productive assignments or even recording their homework or putting it in a calendar. We, I've found that that's become that those children are easier as they go get older to regulate okay it's game time versus play time on 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 their um technology so i think starting very early in how they use technology and how they interact with it is very important i think like for millennials or a generation because it came at a time right we had already learned the hard you know life things we're now just going to start using tech for game we we learned it in a time when we could manage it all but our kids are learning it from the, they're pushed out of the womb you know so we have to be very conscious about like teaching them very early because then you're going to be doing a lot of what i'm finding is a lot of my like late middle school students who weren't using tech all along they're just so focused on i want to play minecraft and roblox right now when it's time for school time they don't even know how to really manage or regulate they just want to do play games instead of using applications that can be so impactful for learning. So we really have to manage that. That's, that's what I would say is a priority um, for parents and teachers is really in introducing them to tech earlier, but also the productivity tools earlier. So I still have high schoolers in grade 12 that have never used Google Calendar and Google Drive. So I have been literally trying to get them to start managing their google tasks all their assignments so they plan you know on monday at two o'clock i'm going to buy the supplies to do my project on tuesday at four o'clock i'm actually going to write down what i need to do so i'm helping them to plan step by step but using technology so that they, they develop a healthy relationship with it i love that because what this means is like you're right life is not necessarily as exciting as a video game and that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have that unique perspective of like yeah you're gonna have to learn stuff out there and i i do love uh boom boomlearning.com mm -hmm. i put a link inside the the comments um because it's a way of just putting a little bit more fun into the, the questions that mm -hmm. are being asked and to me like a lot of the the fun um like tech tools are, are ones that involve creativity Right. Um, so maybe it's like Procreate or maybe it's Scratch or maybe mm -hmm. it's, it's some, some type of creation tool. Like I feel like yeah. the most creative thing out there is uh, the camera. Yeah. Because right? the kids are always wanting to go like, look at what I created. They all want Isn't a YouTube awesome? channel. <laughs> yeah. Like and it doesn't have to like people think like, oh, if they're on YouTube, like it's got to be like public. But you can make all the yeah. videos unlisted. So if you only want to share it with, um, say, friends and family. Um, or maybe even just your your family and the grandparents, that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can create that video and like the kids will also like when they're recording their video of um, just some Lego that they put together, they're like, okay, welcome to my channel. If you like it, please subscribe, mm -hmm. like, click the, the bell icon, you know, yeah. and, you know more. and it's like, it's a fun way for them to, to express themselves. And I think that really that's the, the objective here is just giving them some chance to talk about what they, yeah. they're really passionate about. And that's so hard to share these days. And I, I love like what you mentioned about, um, you know, there, there's so many different things that they're going to have to learn typing. There are games for typing. That's great. Like, like you build mm -hmm. a skill. Like, yeah. That. 
there are questions like, did you just watch that video or did you actually learn anything from the right, video? Right, exactly. If they're gonna, if they're gonna spend time watching something, then have a conversation about it at dinner time. You need to know what they're watching. You know. Um, also, just I know with increased um, online schooling during the pandemic, there is a concern that while well, my child is just getting too much screen time, and how am I gonna manage this? I think that it's okay to have real conversations about okay you can have depending on the age of the child let's say an hour to just interact with your friends on this game or do that like you still have to put structures in place because we also have to think about you know their eyes <laughs> um and and really you know i've also i've found on the flip side that my students have a really difficult time communicating face to face but when they're on among us they're they're talking so we need to be very conscious about how our children can lose that sense of um, communication and face-to-face -face interaction when it comes to having very difficult conversations, conflict resolution. So I think we have to be very conscious about how we manage that um, as well. And I, I would also say to parents, don't beat them, don't beat yourself up about it too much because life is hard. We're all going through a difficult time transitioning work and play and sometimes you just want that child on the ipad so you don't even have to think about them and that's that's okay too like just be gentle with yourself you know but also just be conscious of it um about the the flip side of it so are you going to manage on the weekend that you know let's do activities together and make sure that we're communicating like how are you going to manage it and that's just something you have to make a decision about in your family life so all of this is really great and i do think that you know, especially when it comes to, to parents that uh, this don't be too hard on yourself is very mm -hmm. important. Like we are all in the midst of like an unprecedented <laughs> pandemic yeah. right now. If you haven't got everything figured out, that's okay because, mm -hmm. you know, nobody would have been able to tell you, hey, this is going to happen. Right. Um, you know, especially with our, our day and age, like mm -hmm. things are so unique in, in our time. And so it's, it's important to, to have that level of uh, forgiveness. But that said, doesn't mean necessarily that we just give up altogether and we, we don't try to improve. Like we are constantly doing small tweaks, small things that make things easier for us, right. things that Im improve uh, little by little. And I think that that's, that's where the learning comes in. That's where it becomes more fun. And I, I like what you said earlier about um, sometimes when you watch those videos, like you, you actually find activities that you do yeah. that, like with, with the kids in order to, to get them engaged. Like, how do I know what you, you watched? Um, and so like sometimes we at, in, in my family, we have activities that we um, like. So, for example, we'll watch a movie on a Friday evening uh, yeah, together and then we'll have some discussions around it. Maybe we'll watch the usually there's some kind of breakdown, like somebody mm -hmm. breaks down the, the elements of the movie for us. Um, and then we have some discussion around the, the movies. I'm just curious, like uh, when it comes to like the videos that you watch, how do you know what kind of questions to ask and, and what kinds of things do you do to get them engaged? with their interests? Um, so I think that, so I think that once a parent Googles open-ended conversations or open-ended questions, that's a great start. Um, really not asking your kids yes and no questions about what you think they're learning or understanding. So if you find that when you say, you know, um, how was school? And they say, you know, I had a, I, it was a horrible day. 
well, what could have happened to make it, um, what could have you done to improve the day? That instead of really asking them what went bad, how could you have improved on it or what would have went better so that they, you will eventually get the information out of them without them focusing on the negatives. So I think um, it's really about just taking time to practice, you know, open-ended questions that are not yes and no, like is, is you know, like I was reading with my son earlier, actually before this and it is three as I said and I was asking him to point out the different animals so to understand if he's really understanding what the animals do and their differences I was like oh can you can you show me which animal is the cow oh what sound does it make oh what do humans get from a cow so that he could he had to think about it there were some things he couldn't answer but it caused him to really be like well why mommy or you know so um trying to have open-ended conversations about anything is a huge um, step in the right direction so if it is that you're watching a movie as you say you know how did it make you feel when Tom Hanks did that <laughs> you know think about their emotions versus you know that could be a real conversation about emotions and how they're handling something at a similar situation at home you know what I mean so always think about the big picture is it emotions that you're focusing on and then how can we bring it back home um, I think that family game night, family movie night, um, family dinner, those are really important things that are coming from way back when that are so important to keep back. Because if you're living a busy, a leading a busy week, work week, and you don't get to connect with your children, even if it's once every other week, try to find that connection point. Or I, you know, I had a client this week, she has five kids. So she was like telling me, you know, and they're ranging from 18 to 18 months old and I'm like wow you're a superstar mom so what she's had to do is um set like an hour maybe on a Sunday this child gets this time and she's had to you know just even say that it's it's a time when I'm just gonna come in her room and it's me and you we're gonna play a game it's all about you and what you're going through try to be intentional with that even if it's once every other week whatever you can do um connection points are gonna be are just super critical right now so it, it like it's almost like if we don't um, schedule our our one on one time, it, it's basically not going to happen. And it sounds like especially when you've got five kids, you know, yeah. how are you going to manage that many people? Uh, I mean, many for me, men? if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen, period. So <laughs> anything it's like I had, last week, I missed a meeting and I'm like, but you didn't send me a meeting request. So therefore, it couldn't happen. No, I know what you mean. Like, I'm the same way, too. Like it, without a calendar, I don't know how I would survive because exactly. we like there's so many things and there's so many demands for your time. Uh, as a parent, I think that, you know, more and more we need to like, it's it's funny because that said, it, like, I've heard this a lot where, you know, the family stuff often isn't calendar, yeah. but all your work stuff always is. And so what happens, what tends to happen is that because the family stuff is not on the calendar, then we, we don't schedule it. We don't make it happen. And then people are like, I don't see you ever. And I, I don't like yep. speak to you. Like, what is going on? And it feels like, can we at least put our families and our, our children on the calendar yeah. um, as much as a priority as we do, say, for our work related meetings? Yes, mm -hmm. our work is important. Um, but I guess they're like, there's no reason why they we have to separate the two. It's like we can have a family calendar. And we can put like family related activities that we want to do with them and we can schedule yeah. them regularly recurring yeah. mm -hmm. uh, too. It's just like, oh, I regularly join some kind of like meeting. 
great. Yeah. Like I, I can exactly. regularly have a meeting with my kids. Like yeah, even hour. if it's like every third weekend of the month, we go to a museum, like whatever it is, be intentional about it and set it so that that's that like when I think back to my childhood, I remember very key things that I did with my family and I want my son to remember specific things as well. So I have to be intentional about that because life happens. Life comes at us fast. I mean, we're done on the first quarter of the year already, you know, <laughs> so it's just super important, as you said be intentional about scheduling that time i mean even my husband and i we have to put in date nights it, or it's not it's just not gonna happen <laughs> even if the time comes we're like oh, can't be bothered but if it's in our calendar then we'll be like okay let's do it you know so yeah and and it, some for some some of us if that's the difference just being able to schedule it and and suddenly they're connecting that makes it all worthwhile right like it, and teach it's your just... kids to schedule too even if you know you share the calendar with them on, and they can see it on their phones like oh it's time for game night so even if they're not doing the scheduling um at school yet you know in terms if they're in like elementary school you can still have it at home where you're teaching them to use tech um for productivity and it comes up on their ipads that oh i have my meeting with mommy now date night with daddy whatever it is you know that's amazing so uh, one of the things, uh, first of all, I want to thank you for all of these incredible insights. I've learned so much today. Um, I think your approach for it, like, it's just, it, it just jives so well with, you know, some of the, the things that, that we talk about on this channel, what's important for relating. And I think you, you describe it in a very practical way. And since you're doing this, um, you know, professionally coaching as well, I mean, this is, we really appreciate those, those insights. We hope you found today's podcast helpful. You can learn more about Brittany at AIparenting.live and you can also sign up to be an insider and get the inside scoop on what is happening in the world of parenting in a world of artificial intelligence. Next week, we are going to be meeting with Rochelle Denae Poth, who's going to be talking to us about the heart of connecting. And she's going to be telling us some pretty interesting stories. So stay tuned.